2: America 244 years ago in the declaration that the most amazing of, of, of first governing document uh, statements launched, you know, that all are created equal. It was both the greatest promissory note, you know, which Martin Luther King called it, and, and also the subject of unbelievable hypocrisy, you know, brutal realities on the ground for black Americans, for Native Americans, for women who didn't have, have rights. But it was the first time it was ever said. So on the one hand, it was the first time it was ever said, and it it launched generations of democracies around the world.
0: We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those are powerful words penned almost 244 years ago. This is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons on Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot with Gabe. And with 2020, such a chaotic year between pandemic, racial tensions, and the rhetoric ahead of this year's election, in some ways it seems our country is coming apart at the seams. And yet, there are some organizations and people who are trying to awaken us to our country's first principles and amend our country's tribalistic tensions. The voice we heard at the start of today's show is from John Kingston. Gabe, tell us about him.
1: He was with us at the Q2020 virtual summit, and I wanted to have him back because I wanted to talk more about this idea of awakening. I think for a lot of us, this moment in American life is one where there's a lot of chaos. There's a difficult sense of where are we going? Is there vision for this future? And who has this kind of vision? And I found John's perspective on eight principles that would restore the soul of America really helpful, and we'll talk about some of those in just a moment as I interview him to hear more about what is he seeing, and and what is he so excited about related to the future of America, and how are we going to heal? How are we going to work through the division and the divide that only seems to be getting worse? And so American Awakening is a book that deals with it, but John's life is one where he's a lawyer, he's a businessman by experience, and an entrepreneur, social entrepreneur, And he also ran for Senate, and you'll hear a little bit about that. He ran for Senate in a state uh, back in 2018. He didn't win that race, but he's really put himself out there and said, look, I'm going to do everything I can to be a part of the solution. And so I always love talking to people who have that kind of mindset. And so let's listen in now to my conversation with John Kingston. John Kingston, it is so great to have you on the Q podcast today. Thanks for being a part of this. And I'm excited for our listeners today specifically because during a moment like this culturally, we need people who see a future that's hopeful, not just those who are looking at the news feeds and considering all the things going wrong, but people who are going, man, there's some things that could go right. And so thank you for your
2: outlook. Well, Gabe, I'm super grateful for you and all that you do. And uh, for your entire network of of, uh, Q, you guys are doing remarkable stuff. And uh, I like to think of myself as just adding to the chorus of voices, uh, including yours, that's been out there on these topics for a long time.
1: Well, you've been working
2: so hard for so many
1: years, and that's why I'm excited right now that you're out there talking about things. You're writing. You've kind of been behind the scenes for many years, encouraging people. You've invested in so many different artists and organizations to help them be successful. And I just get the sense that you're at this point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to jump in, like you just said, to the chorus as well. And part of how you're doing that is you're casting vision for this idea of an American awakening. And I think when people hear that, they're excited. They're like, yeah, I'd like to see that. I'm not sure that's the direction it feels like things are trending. But I love a visionary who sees that that's possible. So um, I'm wondering if you could just help us understand what is it that you're seeing that gives you such hope? That that is possible at this season
2: in American life. Yeah, well, let me take a step back, Gabe, and say I, I, I you know ran for the United States Senate in Massachusetts in uh, 2017 and 2018, and in uh, you know thousands of meetings with with people out there, um, you know in the in the public square for a political objective. Uh, what I discovered was that what what I was facing, you know, up close and personal, was was fundamentally a spiritual issue. Uh, people had lost track of their sense of purpose and, and meaning and significance, that you know, there were children of God on the planet to do something. And and so I so I realized that, you know, the the idea of asking people to not be polarized or not be divided when they didn't understand, you know, wh- why they were here required something of a spiritual awakening. And so you know, the team and I, uh, you know, rolled into this in 2018, the beginning of 2019. And and we anticipated that 2020 would be just an awful year in America, because the trend line seemed so profoundly bad. And then the election season was going to be upon us. Now, uh, we didn't see coronavirus um, and this, uh, you know, great racial reckoning um, coming down the, the pike, we don't have a crystal ball or I'm not Nostradamus but 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 we we did sense that something just just profound was going on with the with the American um, psyche. Well, you know, your listeners know that um already. They're like, well, you know, th- thanks for telling us nothing, um John Kingston, because we we know that part already. We already know that 80% of Americans think that the country's spiraling out of control. So where's the hope in this? Well, the hope is is in the following that Uh, It's always at times like these that the greatest opportunities come uh, for, for true renewal, true awakening. We're struggling with, with despair and division in America uh, for a long time, but, you know, prosperity was pretty good. And, and, you know, the unemployment rate was at 3% and, and uh, you know, the, the greatest, um, you know, most prosperous country in the history of the planet was, was doing just fine by a a lot of uh, leading indicators uh, and so that was how things felt, you know, even though under the surface was, was bubbling all these, these deep spiritual issues. Well, nobody's ignoring those spiritual issues now. People sense it. They, 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 they bring it into their everyday lives. When people bring that stuff into their everyday lives and they're looking for answers, and, and you know what? We've got the God of answers. Um, and, and if we can somehow get the church to once again be a transformative agent in the world, the opportunities are limitless. And so that's why I'm excited. Yeah. And I hear you in this because I I know a lot of people aren't
1: sure where this is all going. And 2020, you know, you already hear people, I can't wait to get through 2020. Like just get this year behind us. What else is going to happen? We're only halfway through, but there's other people who really embrace these moments because there's a sense that some things are falling apart that need to fall apart, right? Some things are being exposed that have been covered up for way too long and that's part of healing. It's, it's not easy. It's hard. You have to deal with some history. You have to deal with some pain and suffering as you go through it. But, but that is part of what develops that endurance, right, that the Hebrews writer talks about that's just necessary for us. But one of the things the June Gallup poll talked about is that 63% of Americans now believe that they're proud to be an American, and that was down almost 30 points from, you know, like 15 years ago. And this is not a moment where a lot of people are exclaiming how proud they are of America. There is a lot of debate about our history and what historic figures we should really be holding up or tearing down. Um, and so when you start talking about an American awakening, I'd imagine you're starting to run into some of that tension where you're somebody, I know David Brooks, who's been a big part of our Q community, and he and Ann wrote the foreword for this book. And they, they say about you, know, John Kingston loves America the way a 12-year-old boy Loves life. So what would you say to those people who even in the younger generation, the twenty-two-year-old who's just going, Is America really that great? What what do you say?
2: Well, uh, you know what? Um, I hear you folks. Um the 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 pain that's being brought up by by voices um that that are feeling that, that that folks that um you know advance the things like the 1619 project or the like I mean, there's a legitimate. There, there. I don't agree with them, but there are some legitimate claims that have to be wrestled with. Um, but he, here's the fundamentals, and the, the fundamentals of this uh, of, of the American Awakening are the following. For, first of all, let's just go beyond America for a minute. I mean, you know, we we know our hopes never ultimately in a single nation. We know that we're people. We're people of God. We're we're you know we're advancing the kingdom of heaven. That's our game, right? But God loves us, you know. He put us on the planet to do the best we can do under under circumstances. So, so America, two hundred forty four years ago, in the Declaration, that that most amazing of of, of first governing document uh, statements launched, you know, that all are created equal. Uh, it was both the greatest promissory note, um, you know, which Martin Luther King called it. And also the subject of of unbelievable hypocrisy and, and you know, brutal realities on the ground for, for Black Americans, for Native Americans, for women who didn't have, have rights. Um, but it was the first time it was ever said. So on the one hand, it was the first time it was ever said, and it, and it launched generations of democracies around the world. As the first time the aspiration was put on paper— And and so then for 244 years, um, this great promise, this great promissory note, um, has been something which which we've been wrestling with and aspiring to in very painful fits and starts. And that, that's what, that's what, um, you know, the 22 year old listener, I think you're talking about a minute ago would feel like, yeah, but come on, look at us. Um, and, and that, to, to that person, I hear you, um, you're right on, on a lot of levels, but fundamentally, fundamentally. We put the aspiration out there, and it 's like three steps forward, two steps back, sometimes four steps back um but 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 we have the opportunity in this moment of great pain in twenty twenty to make mm-hmm. enormous strides forward and and you know i 'm going to put this out boldly um, you know we we have been the greatest engine of realizing this possibility in in the world 's history um, now we falter a lot we 're imperfect, a hundred percent, all that sort of thing, you know. You know, it's it's a painful double-edged sword. Of course, it is. Um, But when America's getting it righter rather than wronger, when we're on the righter track than the wronger track, um, you know, we do great. We have the possibility of doing great things around the around the world as well because because they're looking to us. We, you know, in our in our American Awakening uh, podcast, Gabe, um, we have a live stream and podcast which which oddly has been. Unusually, to our minds has been watched by by, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of people around the world. And that we started just in this time of Corona. And, you know, you find people across Africa and, and, and India and elsewhere watching, looking at us, a multiracial, multigenerational cast. Um, you know, we're black, white, Latino, Asian, young, old. I'm, I'm the old guy. And looking at us and saying, you know what? Um, well, you look to America to help us figure it out. Um, and, and you guys are struggling right now. So, so they, they look to us, you know, for clarity, hope, um, mm-hmm. possibility. Um, so I, I, I feel, I feel it with everybody out there who's, who's, um, you know, feeling despondent and all that, but, but right now is a great catalytic moment, um, for the next wave of the future of this country. And I'll tell you, your listener group, right? The people that, f- that, that pay attention to what Gabe Blinds and Q do, uh, you guys, you guys have the opportunity. It's going to be on you. It's not going to be, you know, people, My I'm 50, year of my life. It's it's not going to be my generation older. It's going to be you guys. And, and let, let's do this thing. So, John, you talk about the idea of
1: awakening. And, you know, historically, that has a lot of spiritual connotations. We think of like the Great Awakenings that took place in England and then happened in America and the Second Great Awakening.
2: How do you see the spiritual
1: realm being a part of what needs to happen in America right now?
2: Yeah, well, I totally track you on that. We we chose the name uh, quite self consciously in that regard, uh, because uh, you know what I see out there is is a spiritual issue. It, the The issue is about the fundamental: uh, who are we as people, and, and who are we supposed to be? And if that's not a spiritual question, then I don't know what is. And and you know, you just can't sort of engineer around um, you know the, the spiritual realities uh, of of what that really means. So yes, um, you know, in the book um, American Awakening, we we try to, you know, capture eight principles, you know, basic building blocks uh for how we're supposed to restore our own souls but then restore the soul of our country um together. And it's a hybrid of of, of different points, you know, I of course I wrote I write very uh, consciously from a Christian vantage point, um but I also very consciously speak um, you know, in the language of the Stoics, the Aristotelians, the Enlightenment philosophers, um, you know, uh, Islam, uh, Judaism, et cetera, et cetera, Eastern religions, major philosophies, as well as, you know, the, the most current neuroscience um, and social science, because, you know, it's not, it's not like you have to speak Christian code to get to the right answers. I mean, we, we think we've got, you know, better, more robust answers, um, you know, for most of life's questions than others do. Um, but you know, but but God put in our hearts, a, you know, a, a, a guidebook as to who we're supposed to be, and, and we're we're just we're just trying to in this awakening exercise, trying to remind folks how they were built, who they are, and, and how they can thrive, um, and that requires um, renewal, spiritual renewal, right? We're we are feeling a little dead spiritually right now, or or a heck of a lot of us are, um, yeah. and this is a ro- a roadmap for how to get there and come back.
1: Well, I know Viktor Frankl talks a little bit about you know the idea that when you're in an affluent society and you tend to get bored you do start to lose your purpose and that's one of those opportunities i see in this season as difficult as it is people are asking bigger questions they're they're asking meaning of life type questions and as you said we believe the christian faith offers the best answers to that even historically we can see some of the brightest people <laughs> coming around to the christian story because it just made so much sense but as we walk into this season, where you know we're having to live socially distanced from one another, we're all reevaluating like, what does work look like? Um, what's the economy going to look like? Am I going to have a job next month? I mean, these are fundamental questions that start to give people that unrest that's
2: needed to ask bigger questions, right? Totally agree. And and you 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 uh, cued into this uh, a couple of minutes back in your in a couple of your observations, uh, which is. Day one of the pandemic, um, you know, I I think I just wanted my normal life back, right? You know, and I, I think I, I speak for a lot of folks like that. I wanted baseball back. I wanted the NBA playoffs back. I wanted, you know, what, whatever it is, fill in blank. But I think you used the language before, Gabe, of revealing. And we've t- we've talked a lot about that in the, in the awakening movement. You know, this difficulty uh, reveals who you are and what your actual attachments are. And so day one, week one, week two... Uh, maybe month one, month two. You know, I was like, all oh, right, I just wanted to be normal, uh, you know, whatever normal is. Um, but then after a while, you're like, you know. And then you, then we went through the, the the racial reckoning stuff, and we're like, you know what? I I don't know if I want it back exactly the same way anymore. That's what that's what you were alluding to. Of course, that's not where everybody is, but a lot more people are like that than not. Uh, there's a lot of folks out there like, yeah, you know, you want your kids at school. Okay, that's 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 you know, if you're a parent. Yes, that's a real thing that they, you really don't want to be, you know, doing homeschooling, uh, you know, online. It's, it's brutal for everybody. Nobody likes this stuff. Nobody likes, you know, the, the revealing of, of our actual attachments. It's brutal. You want you, you to want ease. We all want to ease. Um, you know, that's what Frankel was talking about. Um, but then, you, you, you know, you, you roll it back and you say, you know, we're, we're made for something bigger than this. We're made for mm-hmm. something more. And so this gives us some space to say, okay, what is that something more? You know, what are the deepest commitments we have? What are the deepest attachments we have? And let's revisit those and revisit our actual purpose and meaning and significance. Well, I want
1: people to read your new book, American Awakening, because I think it's going to inspire them and give them these practical handles as to what it looks like to restore our own souls, but also restore the soul of a culture, of a country, of a people, but give us give us a little hint of a couple of these principles and ones that you just think really are resonating with you as we're walking through this season.
2: Yeah. Well, so so, so uh, you know, you referred to David Brooks and Anne Snyder Brooks, uh, dear friends to to us, us both. And, you know, people that people that are familiar with uh, David's writing or Arthur Brooks writing another friend. uh you know, the way I thought about this, and, and I, I wouldn't describe this to to in many settings this way, uh, Gabe. But you've got a very learned audience. I know, you know the the folk, the salon set, the the coastal, you know, Christian elites, uh, whatever you want to describe them as, you know, th- they've been writing about these topics for a while. So you know, the principles won't feel entirely unfamiliar um, to to people of faith and and your 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 smart listeners. Uh, but what I was trying to do was take it and, and synthesize it in a way with, again, you know, the most modern neuroscience. I work with Harvard uh, social scientists, uh, Ohio State neuroscientists, et cetera, to synthesize something which is cuts across the ages, you know, takes and distills the observations of people like Jonathan Haidt or, or David Brooks or or Arthur Brooks, but, but makes it as simple as possible, right? So I often thought about the fact that, uh, you know i i'd like to, this to be a book that my mother could read um you know my mother doesn't read david brooks or you know that's, we're just you know we just wired a little differently that way um but like rick warren and the simplicity of purpose driven life or or dave ramsey and and the directness of his of his financial materials Um, You know, trying to break it down or Stephen Covey and seven habits of highly effective people break it down in ways that people can actually say, okay, so I understand, you know, I made number one is I made for purpose. Okay, so let's wrestle with purpose. Let's wrestle through the, the science of purpose and the, and the, and the philosophy of purpose and the, and the, of course, the religion of purpose in our, our, our faith tradition. Um, Let's, let's wrestle with. You know, we're all made for adversity. Let's figure out how to redeem that. Let's figure out how to make your your life a redemption story because that's what God is intending for us all. Um, how we're supposed to live in community um, with each other. Again, would be very familiar to to Gabe, anybody who follows your work. You know about, about life and community. Um, but just trying to break it down as simply as possible that you're wired to be, you know, with people, um, sharing your life, pouring yourself into their lives, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And then it then it gets a little bit more transcendent um, as the book goes on to, you know, ever, ever higher, um, you know, visions of the blessed community and living up to our American ideals, um, you know, and who we're supposed to be and tries to take us through some historical storylines uh, of, of people who have done that before and, and, yeah. and should inspire us. It's an inspiring
1: read because we're in a season again, as you know, the next few months with an election, it's going to be all over the place, a lot of different visions for what America is, what it could be, what's wrong with its past. And this is going to kind of cut through some of that to, I think, help each individual understand the role that they play. Like a country isn't just a country. It's like a group of people. It's a culture. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of life. And this way of life was something that nations all over the world sought to create. I mean, that's why I think 194 constitutions now in the world are based on the American constitution, right? Because there was something there that people said, that's pretty good. I don't know if we can do better than that. I want people to appreciate that, but also appreciate the responsibility role we play as individuals in playing this out and recognize we can't do it alone. I I was going to ask you about this because in chapter five, you wrote about the necessity of being with other people in person. Like you were specifying like digital doesn't quite do it. We need to be with people. How's that working out for you right now? And (laughs) what kind of advice are you giving? Because I know we're all dealing with different orders and mandates and groups of 10 or less or 50 or less or whatever it is. How are you trying to keep that priority in your own life? And how would you encourage others to do that?
2: Well, I think I think what, you know, I'll say one thing on the on the positive side of the moment, again, amidst the misery of it all, which is it's real. I mean, I'm, I'm not you know, I don't try to put a happy face on, on tough times. It is tough um, for real. Um, but the, the good thing is, you know, when I when I wrote that at the beginning of, of uh, you know, 2019, um, you know, I, I, it would have fallen on a lot of deaf ears like, oh, no, you know what? Digital's fine. Um, but you know, I th- I think after four months, I think folks are like, yeah, you know what? Digital's not quite the same, and there's something consequential, you know, to the the uh, the electricity uh, which runs between two human beings when you're with each other. Um, there's just something about that um, which is was which is just hardwired into our being. Uh, so we know we want, we're, and we know we want to be back there, right, but we're not there right now. And so just figure out the best possible proxies um, for that. You know. Um, I know for me, I I just, this morning, I have a group of, I think it was
1: 15 guys. You know, we we do a Bible study weekly, 7 a.m. at our office, and that has gotten me through. I mean, being able to gather physically and talk and discuss, and even as churches aren't meeting, to just have a smaller group. So I would encourage people, find that group. Maybe for you, you're not as comfortable or not able to get together with large groups, but... Find somebody, even if you're ten feet away on a blanket. <laughs> this summer, let's let's keep prioritizing it. I think it's part of how God's designed us, of how we're going to flourish the most.
2: I 100% agree with everything you just said, and, and I'll double down and say the following. Um, you know, I'm I'm a pretty spiritually committed guy. I, I I wire my life to follow these principles. You know, m- well, a lot of times I I don't, but but I try, and, and yet in this in this uh, pandemic, um, you know we. We double down on a daily, you know, prayer call that our team has and now with leaders around the country who join us. And that gets me through a lot of days. I mean it's it's not in person, but but it you know, it's it's very real, it's very raw. This baseball fantasy league I write about in the book, um, of a group of friends that have been together for three decades, um, and, and I have started a. You know, we, we we're not a spiritual group. We got atheists, agnostics, uh, Jews, Christians in it. It's not it's not a spiritual group at all. But but there's a bunch of Christians, and and we've started to do um, a weekly Saturday 11 a.m. prayer call. So now now I got six days a week, um, you know, where I'm w- with people I really care about, and I don't pull any punches, man. When I'm having a bad day and I can't figure it out, you know, I'm I'm going to tell folks. And, and and that's that's the that's the encouragement of this you know we, we are meant to be together either in, in person or when not in person is the best proxy possible in sharing our lives with one another
1: so john thank you so much for your leadership on this we'll be praying and supporting you as this season goes forward and just thank you for bringing a lot of hope to us today
2: Well, I am super grateful Uh, again, Gabe, in closing to you and and to the the Q community. Um, God bless you guys. We we need you, the leadership for the the next generation. You guys are it, and uh, keep fighting the good fight out there. Thanks for listening
0: to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons this week. I'm Paul Perot from Faith Radio. And Gabe, that was a great conversation you had with John Kingston of American Awakening, a campaign for the soul of America. And it was great to hear some of the practical ways we can all make a difference. And it starts with having a long-term view and a deep understanding of our history and still understanding how significant the American story is.
1: It's not one that we want to just let go of. We want to build on it. We want to keep moving towards that great promise as he described. And so practically, a couple things, you can get his book, American Awakening, but also if you'll go to their website, AmericanAwakening.us, you'll see much more. They have their own podcast you heard him mention. They have a lot happening there that they're trying to stimulate to just encourage people and bring people a lot of hope. So go to Awakening. US. You can get even more information on the podcast, this book, and so many more. And then finally, I just want to encourage you, go to media.qideas.org, and you can become a subscriber. It's only $7.99 a month for a family to join in and be able to log in on multiple devices and enjoy all that we have provided, hundreds of different talks, multiple conversations, private concerts, films, short films, long films, documentaries, all kinds of content that are conversation starters for you to have around the dinner table, maybe on a Friday night when you're trying to decide what to watch and you're just worn out searching Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and all the other places, and you could find at Q, something that's going to be inspiring, encouraging, educational, but also help you move forward towards a positive vision for the future as a Christian. And so I hope you'll enjoy that. You can learn more at media.qideas.org.
0: Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com.